Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to shake off the rust for episode 25 of the Penthouse Basements podcast. Topics discussed include homemade pretzels, questionable local news appearances, and how Prego Spaghetti Sauce got its name. There's also a Penthouse Basements Improv Club update, and we create our own Super Bowl ads. All this and more next on episode 25 of the Penthouse Basements podcast. Since our Halloween episode in late October, it's the Penthouse Basements Podcast episode 25. How's everybody doing? I'm doing, I think they said it shouldn't be done. <laughs> it's unwise, but here we are. I don't think that's true. Positive energy, Dave. The, the FCC sent guys with guns to my house and they were like, <laughs> no more podcasts. Who's, yeah, who's going to want to listen to an improv troupe talking about things? And apparently, some people. That's true. I have been proven wrong. We, I mean, we get downloads. People download it. I mean, we have, we, uh, we trend number one in aimless drifters. That's our audience. Ah. <laughs> that's, that's probably because I've dated so many. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a niche demographic right there. Yeah. Uh, okay, first off, let's do uh, customary, the ways to get in touch with the penthouse basements. Facebook, just search for the penthouse basements. Yes, the improv troupe and not the blues musician. Not the old blues man, no. Okay. Hopefully we've outlived him. That's a horrible thing to say. I apologize. Yes, we, we hope you died, sir. <laughs> no, the views of David Lamison do not necessarily <laughs> represent those of the penthouse basements. Continue. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, next Email. We have an email address. We do. Does anybody remember? <laughs> it's the penthouse basements improv at gmail. At gmail.com. Something like that. You, you know, could probably find that. I have that a mini computer on my phone. On our Facebook page. <laughs> yes. Which it's is true. the one that's not the blues musician. Right. Just search for the penthouse basements. YouTube. YouTube. Uh, also, probably search for the penthouse basements. Yes. I should really do my research before we start these. <laughs> No, no. Why start now? Yes. <laughs> At episode 25. Improvise. Yes. The platinum anniversary. What is it? It's the silver the anniversary. The silver anniversary, yes. Couples who have been married for 25 years are supposed to exchange some sort of silver gift. Like a spoon. Um, yeah, I guess. But maybe more something like a ring or a necklace or jewelry. Mm -hmm. How would you feel if uh, after 25 years of marriage a guy got you a spoon? Well, what kind of spoon? Is it a big spoon or a small spoon? <laughs> Gentlemen, she's single. <laughs> and she's got apparently reasonable expectations. I also would appreciate just a human body spoon. Somebody oh, warm and nice. Especially after 25 years. My goodness. And now you've turned off all the guys. All right, what else? <laughs> well, I... Sorry, um, Yes, okay, Aimless so... Aimless Drifters love spooning. <laughs> Just for warmth. <laughs> and for a place to stay. Yeah. yeah, you don't ask him to spoon at his place. No. Yes, well, this is your host, David Lamison, here with... Dave Johnston. And Zazie Morgan. And it is podcast hosting time. It's been, it's been too long. It's, let me just say, it's been too long. I'm, I'm, I'm out of practice, not, not on my game, so I apologize right off the bat. But we're going to start with What's Up, Yo, mm -hmm. which everybody's been clamoring for. The guys with guns from the FCC, when they broke down my door, they were like, no more podcasting, but we're going to miss What's Up, Yo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's back. It's Dave. back. Better than ever. Yes, Dave. What's up, Yo? Yes. So I was going to talk about how I've taken up reading again. Yeah. No, yeah. But apparently what people want to hear about is that I made pretzels. Yeah, pretzels. I, for like the second time since I received it, have used a stand mixer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually really simple. Uh, making the dough, you, you turn it on, you put in your flour, your water, your yeast, uh, you mix it up, mm-hmm. and then you let it like sit for an hour, and the magic bubbles take their effect. You roll them out, you twist them up, you put on your, your salt and your butter and your egg white, egg wash, and you put them in the oven. It's really sort of quite simple. Do you use the kosher salt? No, I went online and bought pretzel salt. Ooh, it's like what's a, the difference? Well, it's I think bigger, coarser grains. Okay. Um, the way that uh, golf coarser grains. Golf you can only grains. use them at a golf course. <laughs> well, it was like a five-pound tub of pretzel salt. Mm. So I I need to make these things like another three thousand times. <laughs> I wonder if it would have similar effects to Epsom salt. You could take some nice therapeutic baths. I light guess. some candles. Yeah, I could make a nice salt water bath for myself. I've also heard salt water is good if you have a sore throat, you gargle it for a little it's bit. True. Oh yeah, if you have a headache, you just dunk your head into a pool of it. Works. Is that true? No, I just pulled that out of my rectum. <laughs> and if, if DC finally gets some snow, uh, I can use it to clear out the sidewalks. It's true. <laughs> then you'll get like a bunch of like Bavarian immigrants like putting, using it, like scooping it up for their pretzels. No! <laughs> Such a, a waste! Here's a question. Do Why do they sound French? <laughs> or Italian was a... <laughs> I'm going back to my home in the Berlin. Italians can live in Germany. There's no rules or restrictions. Uh, not yet. Not until they put up that wall. Oh, man. Uh, um, no, they took down that wall. Um... <laughs> I do not to know. date this episode. <laughs> this episode was recorded after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, at least according to Murphy Brown, if I, if I know my facts and trivia. Um, We're digging deep I, here. I do want to know, did you use a mustard as a condiment? Were they served on their own? How was that? Cheese sauce? I, so I served it with a side of the mustard that I had on hand, which was a nice French Dijon mustard. Mm. Um, Full coarse seed. Mustard? No, this was like a creamy Dijon oh, okay. mustard imported from France. Mm. Probably insulting the Germans listening to this. How dare you use French mustard? Uh, how can you use a French mustard? <laughs> uh, but somebody happened. Somebody happened to bring to this party a big crock pot full of cheese dip. Ah, the star of the party. Yes. Yes. So some uh, clever guests went ahead and dunked in that. Mm. Oh, really good. No, did they not have any accompaniments or accoutrements for the cheese? Or was I guess that was intended for chips. <laughs> no, no, they were just like, I bring this vat of cheese everywhere I go, really. I was kind of surprised to show up with like a family-sized crock pot of cheese dip <laughs> to a party without offering. It's like, hey, can I bring, you know, a gallon of cheese dip? No, just I brought it. I brought, here it is. Where can I plug it in? <laughs> Generous and surprising. That's awesome. Sound like my type of people. Well, now you have to get more creative with your pretzel making because there exists a wondrous pretzel that already has the cheese inside of the pretzel. Have you heard of this, seen this at all? Uh, I might have seen that in my grocer's freezer. Mm. What about a super pretzel variety? Yes. I've heard of a combo. A combo? Oh, those like, (laughs) those bagged pretzel Remember the 90s? Yes. I don't think 90s cats. It wouldn't be too difficult to do that. You just get, you know, a long thing of cheese and you roll the dough over it before you're twisting it. That should should be pretty easy. Yeah. And also, Annie Ann's, the famous pretzel makers, they have a uh, pepperoni pizza pretzel where it's basically just a pretzel and they put pepperoni on it and they sprinkle like mozzarella cheese on it. That will take years off your life, but it's very good. What's the name of that store again? Annie Ann's. I like how you, you pronounce Annie. that like you're in the Wizard of Annie Oz. Annie Ann's! <laughs> Annie Ann's! <laughs> it's my go-to airport food, Annie Ann's. Mm. I, I'm, a, I'm addicted. I have their app. Do you really? Yes. So I occasionally get like a free pretzel or a buy one, get one free or a dollar off. Oh, oh man. Nice. All over that. I knew yeah. we had a connection. Uh-huh. They have... Two of them at um, Pentagon City Mall, I believe, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. One on the bottom level and one on the top level. Not that I know. 
<laughs> uh, Dave, Dave likes that specifically because they don't know he's come back so many times. Mm-hmm. He, he makes an effort to hit them first shift, bottom floor, first shift, top floor. Then once the shift change happens, mm-hmm. very judgmental those pretzel people. <laughs> okay, great stuff. I accept your challenge for a cheeseful pretzel. Yeah, that would be amazing. Get your buddy with the vat of cheese to come back. Just say you're going to have another party. And he comes in with the vat of cheese, knock him out, take the vat of cheese, roll his body outside, and use that to make the cheese-filled pretzels. I'm going to need somebody to help me dispose of that body. I am a good enough friend. I can help you with that. Uh, may the record reflect Zazie has raised her hand. Which is uh, great for an audio podcast. That was, that was purposely done <laughs> not on the record. And I have not given my permission for my hand raise to be used, but I'll do a lot for cheese. May the record reflect that she is winking at this time. <laughs> All right. I just came from Wisconsin where I got fried cheese curds. Is this your what's up, yo? No. No, this is her that's one That's why I was accent. trying to sneak. That's what I was, I, it's, it's not untrue. Sometimes I do a southern accent, but I usually get cons- You did that during the show. The Wisconsin? That we just had, yeah. Which we'll get to. But right. firstly, we have to finish what's up, yo, because people have been clamoring for it. What's up, Zazie? Well, uh, actually, this is somewhat tied to Jumbo Pretzels. Uh, I can't I, wait for this. It's it's really just a side note. I started but, doing yoga. <laughs> your story is twisted are you up fat? with mine. No, uh, no. A jumbo very, yoga pretzel? Very, is that what you're saying I am? Saying you're very flexible. You're, uh, well, we can talk about that. That's a whole we'll get to that. episode. We'll get to that. Are you listening, uh, but, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you advertising my my availability, Dave. Let me get you some <laughs> cards that you can pass out later. We um, haven't done a podcast in so long. This episode is just a front to get Zazie it's, into a relationship. Let's be honest. Right. It's Zazie Wade. It's been a long time. Um, I was hoping some of the improv people might work out. but uh, So my what's up, yo? I was walking. I had an event with work at the Capitol. And through a strange series of events, ended up walking a young girl to... The Smithsonian uh, American History Museum. How many times has this happened to you? Uh, well, that's not the what's up. Yet. Oh, okay. get ready. What's what's we level, stopped, man? To get a pretzel. Mm. She got a hot dog. I got a jumbo pretzel with oh, cheese. Oh, street pretzels are terrible. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a relative uh, statement. So then we kept walking, and I had my hands full. I had a diet soda. I had this. I was trying to figure out how to make small talk with a 17-year-old kid. And a guy stops me. Uh, He was a handsome and trustworthy-looking bloke and said, Hey, I work for the local news, and we're asking random uh, D.C. residents, or are you from the D.C. area? I Mm -hmm. said, yes, I am. And he said, apparently there's been a lot of criticism of the media recently on the lack of coverage on issues relating to terrorism mm-hmm. um, and how it's irresponsible journalism. And we're asking people their thoughts on that. And, and I'm just going to need your credit card number <laughs> so you can be in the store. Um, that's totally right. On uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but as far as I know, I haven't checked it out, but I was on... The CBS Evening News last night, oh. 7 p.m. Channel 9, local news, but I missed it you because didn't at, see it. <laughs> at 7 p.m. I had a, a prior engagement. So yes, to get our up. improv show. We'll now, get to that. Did anybody see you on TV? <laughs> I haven't heard yet, but if anybody did, at the beginning of this episode, I was doing some side work. I also serve as our, um, our technician for this podcast and confirmed... If you have a question, you can email us at thepenthousebasements at gmail.com. Ah, that is the email. Uh, a little more so, okay. so let us know if you saw it. Let, let me know how it looked. Let us know what you thought of my comments. Uh, I would rather not even tell you what I said. I'd like to have people tune in. Well, now, I'm sure they record more people than end up in the final cut. Now, what makes you think that you made it? He said tune in. <laughs> for a soundbite. But actually, interestingly, journalism it was a little bit questionable because he asked me the question. With no pants on. Waited for a moment and then said, okay, well, 
and sort of said it back to me and he said, could you touch on that when you answer? Mm. And so then, and then, yeah, then he handed me the mic and then he asked me, and then he asked it to me again because he didn't feel like my answer flowed as well when I was on the spot. So you sort of repeated your answer three or four times. I did. And then he Crooked said... Crooked media. And then he said... <laughs> Fake news. He said, come back, he said, come back, he said, tune in at seven for your sound bite, which sounds yeah. like, if anything, it might just be being like, sure. <laughs> That's right. So, was in town. Let's see what the citizens think. Sure. <laughs> I'm just imagining just like a uh, uh, half a second clip of you saying news and then it goes on to somebody else. I really hope that's what happened because I, w- I did not sound smart. <laughs> uh, or maybe you were B-roll so they like showed you talking while they're, yeah. you know, voiceover. We talked to many people today. Uh, about this, and they said very interesting things, and then they cut to somebody else. I can see that happening. Well, hopefully the media won't railroad you the way they did Homer okay. Simpson during right. his <laughs> alleged uh, sexual harassment when he was trying to grab the gummy Venus de Milo. A classic episode. <laughs> well, I, what our listeners might not know is that I'm really much more beauty than brains in this operation, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I was just used for my Beautiful visage. Yeah. They Did just... you remember to get his handsome business card? No. Or his name? You know, I'm I sure did... he got yours. He he did. Um, <laughs> he... <laughs> and my credit card information <laughs> and my social That's security legitimate. number. Yeah. yeah. Put uh, your name on the little yeah. bottom third. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name, and uh, I think he he seemed disappointed. I think I answered it really, really well when he asked me the question. And then once Aww. I had the microphone in my hand, I I choked. And then I really wanted him to interview the little girl that I was with, but then she was too shy. Oh, My what's up, yo, is really <clears throat> going downhill quick. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I mean, you were on the news. Maybe. <laughs> okay, what's up, yo, for me quickly? Um, uh our one of our comrades in improv thanksgiving 2007 they also do a podcast a couple of their members and it's called we know about that and i just want to plug that quickly very funny podcast they usually pick a topic uh during christmas they talked about krampus they just did one about the moon landing if it's fake or real um and funny podcast local dc just like us they do theirs more consistently. They, they've only like just started, and they're already at 10 episodes. Wow. So they're closing in on us. Is it educational? <laughs> do they give you actual real information about things, or is it sort of invented? Yes, but the funny thing about it is like uh, they're doing the episode, and their info that they're giving is consisting of them like reading off of Wikipedia during the episode. All right. <laughs> like, that's one of the charming things about it, and they have a good rapport with each other so you know check out we know about that podcast hosted by two of the members of the great long form improv group thanksgiving 2007 they really are great yeah they're really good well we'll get to them because next is a penthouse basements update that's right just the name of the improv group that i dave johnston and zazzy are in and dave we just had a show last night we did at the Pinch. Yes. In D.C. Yes. Columbia Heights is the closest metro stop. Yeah. I feel like it's equidistant between Columbia Heights and Petworth metros. Okay. I'll let you pause right now if you need to look up what <laughs> equidistant means. <laughs> and then It check, might be a made-up word. <laughs> check your closest metro map to confirm. Um, but yeah, it's like 14th and Otis Northwest, roughly. And it was a fantastic show. It was another one of our improv showcases. Yes. So Go into what that means. Dave. We do short form improv, which is like two to four minute games. Um, and we do them in this case sort of as, as buffers between long form improv, which is like 15 to 20 minutes of a single scene. So we would do two or three games, uh, and then there would be a 15-minute long form. And then we would do another two or three games, and then another 15-minute long form troupe. And then we would end with two or three games. So we're sort of hosting, uh, opening and closing, 
uh, and there's other groups that perform as well. Yes, and Thanksgiving 2007 is one of those other groups. That's right. We performed with them at least twice. Yeah, they, uh, they've actually been with us since the beginning. The shows at the pinch that you were not in attendance of, they performed. So uh, I think they've been with us three every... Three times then. Yeah. Well, okay, so the show went well. Um, venue's good. I enjoy the venue. A nice, divey kind of bar. Like, you go down into the basement, and, like, it literally looks like a tornado hit it. But then they try their best to sort of kind of make it look uh, somewhat presentable with, like, decorations. Like, there's random records hanging on the walls. But they're not really hung up in any rhyme or reason. So it looks like somebody that had just been hit on the head hung the records up. So they're not really in any kind of uh, feng shui way. More of a functional space. Yeah, more of a funk shui. Funk shul space. Well, and it has a long history in D.C. I can tell you that actually one of my favorite local D.C. bands all met at an open mic night at The Pinch. Oh, Uh, They're called Picnibus with Navi. I highly recommend you check them out. Can you say that name again? Picnibus. I actually I have their sticker on my uh, on my handy dandy notebook. I'll show it around later. All but right. uh, but it's P I C N I C P B U S. Premium listeners, glance at your phone right now, <laughs> and you'll see a picture of that sticker. <laughs> what is um, what is their musical style? It is so unique. Uh, in fact, I can do another plug. If you'd like to hear or learn more about it, you should check out another podcast I'm involved with called Have You Heard DC? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, they were our first episode interview. We did it at one of their live shows. Um, Navi is sort of the front man, and he is a Sri Lankan, uh, very theatrical um, rapper slash singer. I will say that Will Sodder is in another band called B-Side Shuffle, whose frontman is neighbors with... Kevin Bacon. Dave. <laughs> with, our buddy, with our buddy Dave here. Uh, they see each other walking dogs occasionally. Is this true? Yes. Uh, yes, very occasionally. I, uh, I saw them once. once. That's, a, that's an occasion. Uh, they, they're also in a, band, a fantastic band together called B-Side Shuffle. Mm. I had no idea you were a DC band historian. I or... I do like the music. That's what her other podcast is about. So I'm thinking like on the next episode of Pawn Stars, they're going to be like, <laughs> I got a buddy of mine who's an expert in DC bands. Let me give her a call, get her down here, and uh, we'll see what we can do. And it's going to be you. I like that idea. I like it a lot. Uh, you're going to be I, on TV. I need to... I need to... Brush up on the whole go-go dance, or go-go music. What theme, would right? be the memorabilia? Um, I'm guessing a, a sticker. Yes. You have a question, <laughs> you're raising your hand on a podcast. I think one of the strongest memorabilia pieces you could have of the DC music history scene would be a, a photo or caption of some of the very well-known street art of a, uh, a graffiti artist named DC, uh, DC Dan who was all over the city and represented and has been connected to what they say is the history and the birth of go-go music. And Henry Rollins actually made an entire documentary around it and premiered it. Go-go music started here in D.C.? Oh, yes. I had no idea. It's pretty limited to the DMV area. Wow. We you better hear it many other places. Learn, learn about that. So to... What were we to clarify, about? To clarify, <laughs> uh, just, so, just so that our listeners know and, and don't get confused. Wake up! This isn't 70s go-go, okay. like uh, disco. This is a very, it almost sounds like super heavy drum beat, like scream rap metal to mixed with a love child of uh, Rasta music. Rasta music, okay. What's That's not, how is Rasta dissimilar to reggae? That was the word I could not think of. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well. Moving on. And we're back. <laughs> we've, got, we've got an education of go-go music, music scene in general, DC. You're listening to it right here on the Penthouse Basements podcast. 
What's up, yo, is in the books. All right. Did you do yours? Oh, wait, no. The Penthouse Basement's update is in the books. Yes. Have, okay, so, no, but one other thing I wanted to mention. There was a woman at the show. Yes. And it, me and Jeremy were standing outside. Yes. Afterwards, yes. and she came up, she gave us a business card, and she was like, I'm looking for acts. I'm looking for acts, paid acts in the Silver Spring area. And so... She gave us this business card and, you know, paid acts. It's coming. Wow. <laughs> it's a split between the seven of us. Yeah. yeah. Here's the business card right here. Final. Oh, there it is. Finally, improv is going to pay off. Yeah. Cool. All right. That would be great to have paid acts. Yeah, that would um, be awesome. Wasn't, there was another very interesting audience member at our show last night. I'm told there was a former member of Congress in the audience. It's not untrue. Orrin Hatch. Can't you just say something <laughs> is true? So coy, boys. <laughs> uh, can you tell us about this? Uh, I certainly can. Uh, in our audience was Congresswoman Linda Smith who was uh, a member representing Vancouver, Washington area in the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives in the early 80s under the Reagan administration. She was That was well our producer. <laughs> she, is, uh, she is very fiery and has been controversial in many ways, um, but she was known for being the kind of rogue Republican, uh, one of the swing votes, who uh, was hated by Newt Gingrich, who was Speaker of the House at the time, for uh, for pushing back on a lot of the party issues. Okay, so... She also won by a write-in vote, which was like one of the first time or second times that it happened in U.S. history. What I'm more interested in is why she was at our show. Because you wouldn't come because you like improv. Yes. <laughs> she was born on a small farm in the She was. Washington she actually State. did sheer crapping. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I remember my middle school history correctly, uh, that was when somebody would be uh, an immigrant to America... And then to pay back their... Uh... That's indentured servitude. Oh, okay. Sharecropping is different. All right. that so means, that's when you that share a crop Often with it is... There are people who are being trafficked or exploited for labor that are involved in sharecropping. But what sharecropping means is that you're a group of people who's often transient moving throughout the agricultural industry because not all crops are active and needing to be cropped or harvested at the same time. Uh, and we're back! we're back! The show was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It went really great. Yeah, can't wait to... They're going to invite us back first Tuesday of every month. So if you're in the D.C. metro area around um, Columbia Heights metro um, and you got nothing to do, 7 o'clock, The Pinch is the name of the club. Yes. Come check us out. Free first Tuesday of the month. First Tuesday of every month. If you have something to do, I'd say it's worth canceling your plans. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, There's also open mic stand-up after that. So you can have a full night of comedy. Apparently we pissed them off. Well, because we brought all of the crowd, mm-hmm. and when our show was over, the crowd left, and I'm, I understand they did not have very many people to hear the comedy. Well, that's which right. is frustrating because yeah. you see a big crowd, and you're very excited, and then they all leave. Yeah, I I will say, and I know the guy was struggling because he really had nobody in the audience, but the the first or second guy to go on, I I recognized that challenge, and the only people left were at the back, so I made a point. To be like, I'm going to sit up close to the front and be attentive and laugh as much as I think is appropriate. So you stayed for the stand-up comedy Some afterwards. of the stand-up comedy. How, how did it go? Well, I wish I'd stayed a little longer. I had I had uh, some things to take care of. But mm-hmm. the fir- I can tell you the second person was great. The first person did have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I'm sure he's a very funny man. Uh, but... Then he started... Uh, he was mostly going into one of those... I'm mad at the audience. Like, like you know when stand-up comics will go to that, like, oh, nobody's laughing. It's it's the audience's fault. Like, you guys are just being awesome. Apparently you guys don't get that joke. And then and then he started going into, guess everybody hears the improv scene. And oh, he started, said that? 
Yeah, and like started to kind of like Excellent. shit on improv a little, and then uh, and then he said, uh, "Did you come for the improv tonight, man?" And singled me man. out because I was. He may or may not have said, "Man, I'm a southern woman." Um, and and so so I said I was actually in the improv, and he he was like, I can't even remember what he said, but. He wasn't very nice about it. What an asshole. Right? I was the only person who sat in his fucking audience. Well, we could in future shows, I suppose, incorporate some stand-up in between the things. No. If we no want. More. We're not if helping we want them to out. endear ourselves to the rest of the comedunity. The comedunity. <laughs> well, I think we've already opened it up. I, I actually think some of my friends who are in a sketch group might do a performance. Whoa. That's actually pretty so. cool. We're going to be hosting our own comedy cavalcade. Yeah. <laughs> Capital sure. Comedy Connections. Um, Not spelled with K's. Right, no. C's. <laughs> We're, I mean, what the problem is, if we are the ones drawing the crowd, what would make sense is have this open mic comedy go first, but we're all, we're all folks that are excited to be done by nine. <laughs> I don't want to stay there till 11, so that'll never happen. And well, guess... okay, so the groups that performed with us, um, Thanksgiving 2007, as we said before, quality, quality, great long-form improv. Like, I, I would say of all the long-form improv groups that I've seen consistently, like, they are, the, yeah. without a doubt, the best. They are very, very excellent, um, and... I think their their shtick is finding a way to end every long form scene with Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow it comes back to Thanksgiving, and I think that's a good shtick. Yes, and the other group was what was it? The Bowery Boys? What was it? Correct. Yeah, it was actually their first time. Uh, they came up with a name, so oh. they're both very um, experienced improvisers who mm-hmm. have worked in different troops together. But uh, uh, Aaron. Merle, who was uh, one of the two performers, the other guy's name was Zach, mm-hmm. something or other. Uh, he. Sazi <laughs> uh, clearly has her favorite. We have great He's respect a, for uh, everyone who we perform. Uh, Frank, well, what's his name in Zadabal? Uh, <laughs> the guy with the face. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Aaron is in a, they might both be in a, a well known improv group called The Farragut's if you're in on the local improv scene in DC. Uh, I wonder what the demo is for people that listen to this podcast that aren't in the DMV area. I know my mom, hence why I can sound sketchy from time to time. Don't worry. We <laughs> we inserted enough and we're back, so you'll be able okay. to easily edit stuff out. I'll re-listen to this. but I definitely need to come to Zazie when I'm looking for what to do this weekend. You, you, your mind is like the events calendar at the back <laughs> of the free little news magazine. It's like on Friday night, this fan is going to be performing at this venue, and this stand-up comedian is going to be hilarious at this venue. <laughs> That's awesome. The next two shows I'm going to are actually out of town. Um, that does not help us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But anyways, they were really, really great, and... The other group is called the Farragut's, um, that they are, I think, both long-form parts of. Nice. Well, we'll keep a lookout for them in I the future. They were really funny. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Feature segment time. Yes. Not to date this episode. So, okay. So, <laughs> this is what I was thinking. We're going to talk about Super Bowl ads. Uh, last I heard, I was listening to NPR, and they were talking about, it's like... It's it's like $2 million for a 30-second spot. I think it's more than that. Like more than that now. Dollars. $5 million now. It's an in, insane amount of money now to get a, get an ad for the Super Bowl. We won't say which Super Bowls just passed because that'll date the episode. So I'll just, you know, Super Bowl, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then you can edit in the number. We just rerun this episode. The one with the Roman yeah. numerals. Yes. Yeah. Super Bowl... 51. With the halftime show person who may or may not have worn meat dresses in the past. <laughs> That's right, Prince. <laughs> Super Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. <laughs> the Who. There was an episode of The Simpsons that they did around the Super Bowl where they did that very thing, not with the number, but with the teams. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I remember that. Okay, so. What makes a memorable Super Bowl ad? I'm going to open up the floor to you guys first off. We're going to talk about Super Bowl ads. 
Zazie, what do you think makes a memorable Super Bowl commercial? I think uh, it has to be relatable. Mm -hmm. uh, evoke some emotion. And uh, that could either happen by making you angry. I certainly remember the, uh, who was it? Who's the um, Tim Tebow anti-abortion uh, ad will always be burnt in my memory. But moreover, the ones that I really remember with fondness are like the Talking Baby from <laughs> E-Trade. Which was not aborted. That Talking yeah. Baby was not aborted. <laughs> I hope not, because that would be like way late term. Well, then uh, Tebow wins then. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so I think cute animals talking, babies doing adorable stuff. Um, I remember the CG on the baby's mouth that was incredibly frightening, though. Like, yeah, not good. No. But yeah. for the time, was it not good? I feel like, like if you watch Forrest Gump now and see, like, oh, it looks like the It looks like garbage. Talking. Yeah, yeah, it looks like hot but garbage. But then, a what, dumpster is fire. that the truth of that time period? Not to date us, but that was probably, what, 30 years ago? I don't or maybe two years ago. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Dave, what makes a good Super Bowl ad? I think they need to be simple mm -hmm. um, without relying too much on dialogue. The, the two Super Bowl ads that come to my mind was a year or two ago, the little kid in the Darth Vader outfit. Yes. Uh, who keeps trying to sort of manipulate things and then uh, he, he tries it on dad's car and dad's you know, inside with the fob and something happens cart you know starts and then another one was uh, a Budweiser ad it was like the very first one of the Super Bowl several years ago where the guy's on a hot date and he's like I'm gonna go get a, a couple of beers and he's like dancing with the beers in his hand in his kitchen because he's so excited and he goes to open one up and it sprays all over the world <laughs> uh, and so that's sort of like simple physical comedy I think is very memorable mm -hmm. uh, in, in a room where people are gonna be talking and using the bathroom that's the way to go. And I remember um, not this past Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl um, Doritos had consistently had those quick Jesus Christ funny fucking Doritos. Well <laughs> sorry Zuzzy's mom. <laughs> uh, quick, funny, like hard, like quick hitting ads that, you know, got the point across like Doritos, um, funny, like it sold the brand and they were memorable because they were all like consistently funny. Right. Um, but they didn't do any ads this past Super Bowl, which was unfortunate because I was kind of looking forward to them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's their choice. You know, I think they might have gotten priced out or figured that the Increased sales of $3 bags of chips did not justify <laughs> spending $10 million on commercials. Although, if you're playing Super Bowl ad bingo and Doritos was on your card, it was still able to be filled in because I forget what company. Well, there's a pop brand Doritos. No, but... somebody literally in a non Doritos, in a different ad they said Doritos oh they said Doritos specifically and yes because I remember they were there were a couple where they were eating Doritos but they didn't actually actually name the Doritos no they did I think I coughed or something and we didn't hear it but it, like it was literally they literally <laughs> said Doritos you were trying to fuck me over on that game <laughs> I, I think we can both agree I beat you. Yeah, well, you did. I only got, like, fourth place. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. So, I agree. And I think one of the other consistent things uh, about memorable Super Bowl ads is um, surprise celebrity cameos, uh, I think, is a big one. Um, can't really think of any off the top of my head. Uh, sorry, but... Anthony Hopkins was on. Yes, um... with... with... Which ad he was, was in for? like a Transformers movie or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Emma Watson from she was in like seven things from uh, Mad Men. The that chick from Mad Men that was the secretary to John. Or Hand. Christina Hendricks. No. No. The the first secretary to John Hamm. That I, gets I Prego Peggy. Didn't watch the show. Peggy on Mad Men. The redhead. 
Yeah. Uh, no, the redhead is like the head of all the secretaries. That's Christina Hendricks. Yeah, that's not who I'm Oh, that's about. not who you're talking it's about. John okay. Hamm, so it gets Prego by the other guy. And we're back. <laughs> uh, who else is on? You oh. just always like to mention Prego because also, of your mom. <laughs> what right. a segue. <laughs> So tell the story I, about. I do want to hear this story. Yes, tell the story about Prego uh, not well, getting pregnant, the, unless it is that does involve it. Uh, a few days ago, when we were spending, um, when we were in the shop prepping for this podcast, um, <laughs> I said I started to talk a little bit about the fact that my folks met in advertising, mm. uh, and Dave and David said, "That's wonderful. Save it for the podcast." <laughs> Uh, so I've been waiting for days to talk about it. I'm ready now. Uh, You're just bursting at the seams like, I gotta get this out. I gotta get it out. Uh, my my mother, she was this hip bride. New York, I'm, I'm very proud of who my mom was uh, and is. This is literal. Uh, nice save. <laughs> literal madman. Like she was um, one. She was on she the was, cusp of that. I would say my grandfather was like a madman. He was a like madman. A madman. Mad man. He yeah. was uh, the late fifties advertising world. My parents were late seventies, early eighties. My dad for for much longer. Um, but my mother, young single mom. She came up with um, by men in. She by she, also, she went to Woodstock. She hung out at Studio Fifty Four. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And Sir she. Diggler, she I do remember once, well, <laughs> this guy, not Dirk Diggler, just Jesus being in my college Christ. dorm watching Studio 54, and this guy With Mike Myers. was all wasted in our dorm room, and he was like, dude, you said your mom went to Studio 54? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to sleep and wishing this guy would just leave. And he was like, dude, your mom must have been hot. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but, anyway, <laughs> she, uh, she was this kind of ahead of her time New York lady and she was working on an account for a uh, tomatoes. It was actually created to be the new like uh, counter to Campbell soup. So they were going to start with tomato sauce but do many other things. They were going to call um, the product originally fuck Campbell soup. And they were like, I don't know if that's going to fly. A, well, in the first few hours that was the tagline. <laughs> no. uh, Prego. Fuck but, Campbell uh, soup. It was like Given away. Seven. She's but just she, about to get yeah. to the important part of the story. <laughs> yeah. I'm so told. On that, that campaign, she was in the room coming up with ideas for how do how do we make this happen? And her she said it was her thirteenth in a list of different ideas. Mm. Uh, she named Prego Tomato Sauce. Okay. Now <laughs> the reason that I wanted to hear about that is because it's I a disappointment. have been to Italy. And one of the common phrases you get if you go to the, the, you read the guidebooks and you talk to people is that prego mm-hmm. is Italian basically for you're welcome. Grazie. Right. That's, that's thank you mm-hmm. and that's you're welcome. So why did she know? Did she know that she was naming a pasta sauce you're welcome, which <laughs> seems pretty haughty for a friggin' pasta sauce? <laughs> well, I think that's the point. Is You're welcome for this amazing yeah, pasta sauce. Yeah. Mm. Yes, she was absolutely aware. And I think all Prigo, uh, as a child who has probably gotten some of my education funded and Prigo royalties, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah, nice. Every she, time there's a Prigo no, commercial, that is not you a true statement. like a 10 cent um, check. Did she ever say why she used that name? She, well, she said it was actually like a side thought of uh, her number one choice. I know she wanted it to be named after Mussolini's. <laughs> <laughs> what? This doesn't uh, work. Uh, no, it was it was going to be Zazi Zazi tomato sauce. Uh, it was going to be after a street in Little Italy in New York, but mm. they did not pick that one. Ah, uh, okay. So it was a brainstorming sesh. So she just threw out some ideas, and this is the one that stuck. Correct. <laughs> Let me throw some shit against the wall and see what sticks. The other uh, famous supermarket tomato sauce is ragu, which is, I believe, Italian for sauce. So, <laughs> or sometimes it's it's like a specific meat sauce, but it's basically sauce. Mm-hmm. So our families had like a long-standing bitter war with the ragu people. The ragu namers, <laughs> not the people are fine. Just the ad agency. Both, like, the most famous American canned pasta sauces are named 
sauce, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and if any actual Italian goes walking through our supermarket, they're going to be like, what the hell is going on here? What about, there is the, the good old reliable Hunts. Uh, no, Hunts is, Hunts is crap. Yeah. But it's still good old reliable. I would not touch Hunts with a 30-foot pole. Hot food takes from Dave Johnston. That's right. <laughs> and by hunts, he means sea hunts. <laughs> also true about Dave. <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, so we've established what uh, makes a memorable Super Bowl ad. So, penthouse basements. We've got an extra $5 million for the next Super Bowl. What's going to be in our ad? What 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 do you think we should do for our thirty second Super Bowl ad to get the Penthouse Basements brand out into the open? Okay, so can I ask a clarifying question? Go ahead. It's it's an ad specifically promoting the Penthouse Basements, not what the Penthouse Basements would be think would be the pinnacle ad. Correct. Uh, See, I have okay. thought about what would be an amazing Super Bowl ad. Okay, yeah, yeah. Our amazing Super Bowl. No, ad. okay, yeah, so yeah, our four meetings. Yeah, we had been writing that's that's what we'll do then. We'll create. <laughs> let's say Prego has come to us and have been like, "Hey, we want you to make us a good Super Bowl <laughs> ad." Depend on the basement. Finally, your German accent. Comes out. <laughs> So we're making a Prego Super Bowl ad. So first off, I'm going to call it right now. Channing Tatum is in this ad. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you have a bigger star to put in? No, but can we afford him? Could I throw this out? Already spending $5 million for the ad time. What if Channing Tatum <laughs> pulled one of our... Say his name right! You're all wiping the drool from your face and say his name. So, uh, I have an over-aggressive drool gland. Relax. Uh, I think that Channing Tatum... Channing nope, Tatum... Still not there. Channing Tatum Channing could, take Tatum. A, could take a note... From a often featured celebrity at the penthouse basement, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. and actually go uh, junior style and be Prego in the ad. And he'll give birth to a tomato. <gasps> a fresh tomato, which they will use to make the sauce. I don't think that, uh, having had fresh eggs straight from, like, the, that I picked out of the hen coop, all I could think as I was breaking them was like, this just feels like egg vagina. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to... I have no idea what All right, so that's one way of going about it. There's no such thing as a bad idea in a brainstorming session. That's well, right. Except you. for this one. No, so the Channing Tatum gives birth to a giant tomato that we use to make the sauce. You're not a fan of. So... <laughs> that's gold! I had conceived this. If you're familiar with uh, Morgan Spurlock... Yes. He was a documentarian who did Supersize Me. And oh, sure. let me just say about Morgan Spurlock, this is a tangent that is He so... stole your look. <laughs> no. That is his one thing, and he has ridden the coattails of Supersize Me well, for years. Well, he, he had a second or third movie, uh, which is why I bring it up. It was about advertising, mm-hmm. and he funded that movie with product placements. He got sponsorship for the movie, mm-hmm. and that was how he paid for the movie. So in the movie, he's like going to this brand's you know offices and talking with them about their product and uh, talking was it about advertising. Of advertising. No, not exactly. Um, I mean, it, it used advertising to pay for the movie. It just sort of analyzed how it works in our society. Uh, and so he got like Palm Wonderful to pay for some some of the movie and uh, Mane and Tail. Horse shampoo mm. also paid for part of the movie. So what if, for our Super Bowl ad, we did something similar and we found like 15 brands that could not afford their own Super Bowl ad. Right, And yes. we put 15 brands in one 30-second spot. Yes. Trojan condoms, Adam and Eve, whatever lube company is there. Well. <laughs> <laughs> KY Jelly. We've got the, the the FCC to think about there. <laughs> but I was thinking, um, okay, Channing Tatum. Yes. He lands on a plane. Brand of the airline. He now, gets, is he flying the plane? No. Well, sure. All right. He's flying the plane. He gets <laughs> off the... Beyonce, like, lip-syncing? That, yes. As Beyonce is lip-syncing. Our producer keeps playing. I, I appreciate that about him. 
He gets off the plane. He grabs a bag of chips. Brand. He grabs a soda. Brand. He gets in his car. Brand. He starts. He checks his auto insurance. Brand. <laughs> he starts driving. What about his plane insurance. He goes to the movie. He buys a ticket for a movie that's about to come out. Brand. Uh, and he's in the theater. He gets a phone call. And he's got great service. Brand. Cell phone. Brand. Uh, and I forget. You know. You come up with your own ending. Well, no, I mean then. The, if I'm following you, the amount of money we would make by seeing this Super Bowl ad would really. So this is basically yeah. a Ponzi scheme Super Bowl ad. Exactly, like an Adam it. Sandler movie. I love yes. it. We're we're uh, we're promoting these brands in our ad to make more money than we would use to spend for the ad. Exactly. This is a money-making operation for us. Yes. I. That is a great idea. And we should edit this out. It's that good of an idea. <laughs> well, I would also say that what we bring to it is that uh, if our whole group combined had the wits about us, actually make it entertaining. Well, we don't. In the process. Yeah, we're not going to Well, I know some people. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. My mom named fucking Brago. Well, she made Prego. You're overstepping your bounds here. She named Prego. She named it. Okay. Bring her out to the next podcast, and we're going to have her explain uh, why she picked Prego. You can't ride that forever, Zazie. You murdered that hobo, and as they're dragging you away, (laughs) but my mom named Prego. She named Prego, damn it. She actually (laughs) said to me before, like, you know I did other things in my life. Like all my friends are like, "Oh, your mom should do pretty good." Well, that's like going to be your Jeopardy anecdote. Hi, Zazie Morgan is here from Washington D.C. It says here that there's nothing interesting about you, but that your mother named Prego Pasta Sauce. And then you say, "I don't trust you without your mustache, Trebek." That's true. I really don't. <laughs> Moving right along. Nice next contestant. That's not true at all. My number one most interesting fact about myself would be that I'm in the penthouse basement. Yeah. number one. And it's Rob. a privilege that you've been a part of our final podcast. Thank you, That's uh, about all the time we've got oh. left here for tonight. I'd like to thank our guests. Dave Johnston. Zazie Morgan. And I'm your fearless host, David Lamison. Thanks for listening, and sayonara. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.